and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the Pack Heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources, and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place, and I'm excited to have you here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 38, where today I'm joined by Lisa Martinenko, who is a holistic nutritionist, co-founder, and CEO of Mood Milk, Inc., uh, before we do get started with the show, though, I did want to briefly touch on Foodpack, which is the company that I proudly work for in Vancouver, BC. Now, at Foodpack, there are some things that we definitely specialize in and do extremely well, uh, one of which is flexible packaging, and the other is the packaging equipment to support that flexible packaging. So if you've got a small to medium-sized business or even a large-sized business and you're looking to package up your food product in a flexible pouch or a lay-flat pouch, you need to get in touch with me and have a chat. Flexible packaging is such a great opportunity to get your product out onto the retail shelf and we've said it quite a few times but you know the first interaction with that a lot of your consumers will have with your brand is on the retail shelf so it's something that you want to get right. So I like to spend a good 45 minutes having a chat with my clients about what it is exactly that they're looking for, the type of pouch that they're looking to get their product in, how they want the consumer to interact with it and uh, and you know ensuring that all of the basic fundamentals of functionality are built into the package as well when it comes to packaging equipment there's a lot to the conversation as well and um, you know we're fortunate at food packing that we've got a showroom floor packed full of equipment that we can show you and you're more than welcome to come on into the showroom with your food based products and uh, and actually try some of the equipment that we've got on the showroom floor it's a really great way to, you know, think the production side of your business through and uh, ensure that the piece of equipment that you're about to invest in is actually functional within your business and it's going to actually achieve the output numbers that you're looking to um, to get out into the world. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you over here, so whether we're talking about a thermoformer or a tray sealer or a vacuum chamber machine or a band sealer, you need to get in touch with me and have a chat. Uh, please reach out at Hayden at thepackofyourpodcast.com. You could DM me on LinkedIn, or you can also get in touch with me by giving me a call on my work cell, which is 604-360-6790. Okay, everybody. Now, Lisa Martinenko is a certified nutritional practitioner who specializes in stress management and women's health. Towards the end of 2019, Lisa co-founded Mood Milk, which is an online packaged beverage brand that manufactures organic superfood lattes to help individuals feel both their best physically and mentally. Each of their four SKUs is not only a beautiful pastel color, but a combination of superfoods and botanicals and can be used to make a hot frothy latte, a refreshing cold drink like a smoothie, or it can also be added to any of your favorite foods. Now on this episode, Lisa not only goes into a lot of detail on the mechanics that are involved when getting a business up and off the ground and into the world, but she also talks a lot about the online community that she's putting a lot of time and energy into. So I got a lot out of it. I'm sure that you will too. So sit back and enjoy. Lisa, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Hi, so happy to be here. Yeah. How are things on your end? Where are you located in Toronto? We are in Dundas and Ossington, the West End. Beautiful, beautiful area. So happy to be here on the park. Lots to do. Just feels a little bit away from, you know, downtown core and the craziness. The hustle. Uh, so yeah, love it here. Nice. How long have you been out there for? 
about two years now. I used to live in downtown core, hence my experience. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to still stay local, but uh, move somewhere a bit more quiet. Yeah, nice. So born and raised in Toronto, though? No, no. I'm actually um, originally from Europe. So right. I was born in Latvia. And um, then I lived for a while in Montreal when we yep. immigrated here with my family. And uh, then Barrie. And just recently here in Toronto, so far about five years and just yep. loving it. So probably going to see her for a while. Nice. I know Barry. We've got family that live in Barry as well. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lovely place too. Isn't it? Right on the lake. Yeah. Lovely for, you know, families and whatnot. Yeah. And what year did your family immigrate out from Latvia? Oh, I think year 2000. Okay. So 21 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Mm, yes. A long time ago. Oof. <laughs> you forget, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and what, what, tri- what triggered the, uh, the move out to this part of the world? Honestly, I think they, um, they wanted a better future for their kids. Right. Uh, they were also young, young parents. So I can imagine that it was a really difficult move for them to, yeah. to leave everyone behind and, and pretty much move across the, or the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they did it and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, I know that was sort of during a time where there was no FaceTime and no Skype and no Zoom and, no. you know, a completely different world. So how yeah. did you all cope? Like, so there was nobody out here that you knew. You guys came out for a fresh start, hey? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, again, I, I was pretty young, so, you know, I don't remember fully, but yeah, uh, my dad spoke a bit of English. Yeah, so my, my mom did not, and we moved to Montreal, so they both had to learn French. Yeah. Um, and we were also just placed in a school with immigrant kids and had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. 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 I've heard this immigrant story um, on the podcast quite frequently. And, mm. uh, you know, it's an inspiring story because, you know, the the common theme that seems to keep be coming up is that people are coming to Canada for what seems to be a better life. Mm. And, um, and here we are seeing some entrepreneurs or business owners just like you actually having a go. So your parents must be so proud of you. Yeah, you know, my dad is one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to that. You know, he came from nothing and he built such a life for himself and for us, right? Mm -hmm. And he was able to, I watched him invest and create businesses and still have his career and try to kind of maintain it all and, and for us mostly. So you know, coming from that and watching that as I grow up, I think that's, that's where I ended up as well. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Just naturally. <laughs> yeah. And, and what was his background? What did he do for a living? So he's actually a, an engineer mm-hmm. and um, right now he, and he still works on a boat he, he did back then and he still does now. He's like a chief mechanic and engineer. Right. Uh, but he also invests in properties and uh, real estate that's yep. that's what he does on the side so that's how he was able to really make it you know um yep. throughout the years and, and make a life for himself that he he loves yeah and yeah. who sort of gave him the you know the tools that he needed to be able to do all of that was that so is he like self-taught you know in the yeah. um real estate and investing world self-taught yeah Incredible. this man is a legend when it comes to business <laughs> yeah <laughs> he yeah, self-taught, very, very ambitious. Yeah. Um, again, grateful for that because yeah. otherwise, I don't know where we, we would be, right? We came yeah. here and we were on welfare and we yeah. had to start from scratch and mm. he made it happen. Yeah. Amazing. And so, you know, with this in your DNA, here you are today, obviously with Mood Milk, you know, in such an early and um, precious stage of growth. And yet you've also got your, um, your holistic nutritionist. So you obviously went to school and did some studies. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the the 
the decisions that led to you to the path that you're on currently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I fell in love with nutrition in high school. I took a nutrition class and started cooking and really taking care of my health, which wasn't great. I always had digestive issues. So I really took, took it upon myself to figure out what was really happening mm. and how to better my own health. So mm-hmm. I started pretty young and right out of high school, I had to decide between university or like I really want to start a business. So I kind of did both and I started my first business at 18. I decided to create like a local uh, juice delivery. So I would make my own juice. I would do like juice cleanses and then deliver it to to families and people around Barrie in that area, uh, as well as businesses and yoga studios and things like that. So that was how I really got passionate about this whole field and got to experience a taste of the entrepreneurial world. Um, yeah. And then of course I, I came to Toronto, went to nutrition school, finished that, uh, dabbled in clinical nutrition and also had like a meal prep business on the side. So really tried a little bit of everything yeah. as I went through the years and couldn't really find something that I really wanted to focus on and, expand on until until mood milk came along and that's that's where i knew that i had something that i really wanted to work on and and create something special out of yeah yeah you know with all of your um, businesses that you had to go at um to start with the first thing that comes to mind is they're all perishable products and mood milk isn't it's a it's a consumer packaged good so there must be a huge benefit in that but it sounds like there may have been some learning in there so um, let's not call them failures. Let's call them learning opportunities. So let's talk about the first couple of businesses that you got running and mm-hmm. what you learned and how they sort of led you towards mid milk. Yeah. Well, now looking back again, sometimes you don't even realize you're doing these things, but yeah. speaking to other founders in the food business, I've somehow created a product that, like you said, is not perishable. It's mm. very light, is very compact, unbreakable. So somehow like working with juice that only had like three to five days shelf life (laughs) and glass bottles (laughs) um you know and then uh, same with meal prep and all those things I think somehow subconsciously my brain decided to create a product that was quite perfect now that I look back at it yeah um because I know I have friends who have cans and you know they tell me how that explodes in the mail and Mm -hmm. um or glass and that breaks or it doesn't have enough of a shelf life and so there's a problem sometimes with uh, distribution or you know it's it's not sometimes um it needs to be refrigerated or whatnot. So it's not shelf stable either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, you know, I'm really happy now that I've created a product that, that takes all those boxes and makes life easier for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it as well. So being a holistic nutritionist, you saw an opportunity to, you know, dabble in the world of CPG. Where was mm-hmm. the actual idea of mood milk? You know, where did it come from? How did it come about? I'd love to sort of hear that story. Yeah. So I am someone who's always also struggled with stress and anxiety as an right. individual. And so it really exasperated, exasperated when I went through uh, nutrition school. And uh, that's when I started really learning about foods and how they impact us and our mood um, and our mental health, right? Mm. And I started dabbling in in herbs and foods and and create, I wanted to create something for myself that would make me feel better. That would allow me to be more efficient at what I'm doing and, and just to improve my mental health overall. 
So one of the things I did was I stopped drinking coffee or greatly reduced it at that point um, and started incorporating these, these foods and these herbs into my daily routine to see if it would actually help. So mm. I was kind of my own guinea pig for a long time. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, I started feeling better. You know, I, I started feeling a lot more leveled um, and my anxiety reduced and my stress levels were more manageable. And that's when I knew I was onto something. So, of course, my palate is a little different than most people. I'm, I'm very adventurous when it comes to foods. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay taking things that don't taste good, but that I know are good for me. Yeah. Um, however, I know that's not, you know, the reality with most people. And so I really wanted to allow the general public to try these superfoods and to try these herbs but in a format that would really appeal to them right that Hmm. that would kind of take off that barrier of of knowing you're going to have to take something that's not going to taste nice right yeah um so yeah that's how moon milk came about i wanted to allow people to recreate that coffee ritual that they're having every day but with a beverage that would benefit them And that would create like a whole sensory experience for them so that you will see that mood milk, you know, it has a functionality, but it also has all the other aspects uh, that would create a a pleasurable experience for that person. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, tasty, they look good, they smell good, so that you can really take that time for yourself to reconnect with yourself on a daily basis. Yeah, that's really cool. You're definitely connecting with an emotion and a ritual, which are two sort of really, you know, key and critical parts of a person's life that you can sort of plug into. Um, when you started producing the product at home for yourself, so it sounds like you were buying all of the ingredients and you were doing some blending and so on. Were you just buying everything online? Like how were you actually sourcing product to start with? When I was playing with it for myself, yeah, it was, you know, Amazon or different websites that I can find it on. A lot of the ingredients that I use are quite exotic. And so I was always fun trying to source them and trying to find them and trying to find ingredients that are quite unique. Yeah. Um, You know, maybe for us, maybe not for, for, for where they're sourced from. Those are ingredients that have been used for centuries, but for us, they're unique. Right. And so it was kind of a mission to, to find suppliers that aligned with me and what I believe in and organic farming and um, you know, that are sourced properly. Mm. So yeah, it was great. And, you know, sometimes it's still kind of a mission. (laughs) <laughs> because um, I do source ingredients that are a little bit harder to find. Right. But that's what makes Moon Milk special. Yeah, no, absolutely. The other thing that I love about Mood Milk, and I, I'm actually going to put the um, the website link into the show notes as well for anybody out there, but the beautiful colors, like you've got these mm-hmm. really subtle pastel colors and there's such a nice palette, you know, color palette that you've actually created a brand around as well. So, you know, was it um, was that quite an intentional sort of action of yours to have a beautiful color involved? Yes, absolutely. Like I mentioned, um, you know, having a sensory experience for me that involves, you know, enjoying what I eat, but also it involves me looking at food and just wanting to try it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, we also eat with our eyes. Correct. And so, yeah, my, my, it was, it was a goal of mine to use natural colorings that I could find throughout the plant world and incorporate them into mood milk. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I come from the coffee world and we said that a lot, like with latte out, like people eat and drink with their eyes. And if you can make something look beautiful, you know, they're automatically going to love it because, you know, they're already uh, in the frame of mind where they're about to embark on something really special. So that's really cool. Um, So 
you were testing the product on yourself. You felt the physical, you know, impact of drinking the beverage and you knew that you were onto something. What were the early stages of product testing with the market looking like? Uh, yes. Yeah, so when I had the idea, again, I have a lot of ideas, so I just usually throw them out to, you know, my friends and family yep. and it usually doesn't stick, but this one did. Right. And uh, a lot of people said it was actually a good idea. So I started uh, testing it on my friends, on people around me. Um, I started posting a little bit on social media just to see if there was any kind of interest. Mm -hmm. um, and then basically with every product at launch, we did like a, a little market research by sending it out to a few people and just getting their feedback in, a, in, in terms of like, in the form of a survey. Right. Um, and then, you know, after, after a while, when I, when I felt like I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to see how it would play out in the real world. So one of the things I actually did on our soft launch, which was at the end of 2019 was we went to a trade show and like did a soft launch right there. So right. we got to test it on over, I don't know how many people were there, but there was at least 3000 people. Wow. So I got to just sample it and, and see what people thought, like get their reactions right there and then yep. and see if they were willing to purchase a product at that price point mm -hmm. and with these ingredients and just really educate them on what was in there. And to be quite frank, I wasn't sure what to expect because, you know, when you're testing with a small group, you don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it could be kind of biased. Yes. Um, and so before I went all in, I wanted to know, like, how would it do in the real world? So I went there. Um, I did a trade show and the feedback was amazing. Yeah. You know, people yeah, yeah. really loved it. Yeah. We actually we sold out of a lot of our blends that day. And um, that's when I knew. Yeah. I was like, OK, I think this could work. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, to get a sample size or to get some data of significant value just like mm -hmm. that is like incredibly valuable for you. Um, were there any iterations that you made from that soft launch, um, based yeah. on the information that you could gather during that um, period of time? I did. So when Mood Milk was going to launch for the first time, yeah. I actually wasn't sure if I wanted it to be a food product or a supplement. Right. And so the first iteration had, um, extracts versus just food ingredients in it. So we had herbal extracts in them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, once I kind of tested that and also looked at what it would take to create a supplement versus a food product. I, for myself at that time, decided to actually reformulate everything to make it um, acceptable as a food product for sale in Canada versus going the supplement route. Right. Um, yeah. So we actually didn't relaunch until um, late spring of 2020. That's okay. when I would say like the official Mood Milk launch yep. started Yeah. Uh, because the packaging was changed. The ingredients were changed. A lot of things were changed from, mm -hmm. from September to spring. Right, right, right. So you invested a heck of a lot of time and energy into the business just to sort of get it to that point. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. did you launch um, exclusively online or did you actually go out there and start selling it to uh, retailers as well? So it was quite an interesting time because, uh, and I didn't know, like some people were telling me, don't launch just yet. Like the pandemic just started, like, this is not a good time. Right. And, uh, I made the executive decision to do it anyway at that point, mm -hmm. because I think it was March and that's when Canada got hit for the first time and that's in right. April it launched. So I had to, I had to really think about it and, and, and figure out, was this the right move right now? Right. Or not. Um, but I did it. And because of that, 
I, I did strictly go online at first because small retailers were also in a place where they didn't know what was going to happen, right? So it's hard to approach retailers who are also struggling to figure out what their future is and say, hey, here's my product. You should invest in this. Yes. Um, and so my first strategy was, okay, let's, let's launch online. Let's see what the response is going to be. And then we can start approaching retailers once we have some data. Mm-hmm. So launching online, obviously, there's a significant amount of you know um, time and also monetary investment to get that up and up and running. So mm-hmm. I do see your website. You've got a beautiful web store there as well. But obviously, you've got to let people know about the product. And um, having a look on your website, I see that you have an affiliate program. So talk to us about sort of the affiliate program and the impact that that's had, and sort of what you sort of see as the key ingredients to sort of a uh, successful online launch. Mm-hmm. So we do have an affiliate program, uh, which we use. Uh, basically, we we like to make sure that our ambassador is already familiar with the products that they already use the product. We want to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. So once they've already tried it and they love it and they use it every day, then we do approach them to see if they would like to join our affiliate program and work with us and get a discount for themselves, as well as offer it to their audiences. So that's one of our ways that we were able to um, attract more consumers. Um, But other than that, we also launched with uh, some paid ads. We also uh, spent a lot of time on our social media, email marketing, influencer marketing. We, you know, it was such a learning experience for me because I don't come from that world, but I had to learn really quickly and I had to um, hire where I could Yes. And, and perhaps spend a little bit more, more money uh, than I could have if I was from that world yeah. just to have a successful launch. Mm, that's awesome. I've been fortunate enough to have some really great um, uh, guests on the podcast that have come from the social media world, whether it's Erica Rankin from Brodo, who, you know, mm. really focused on TikTok and has, uh, you know, had mm. a heck of a lot of uh, organic reach and growth through there and has seen it. Um, translate directly into sales. Um, I also had a um, a great guest come on and speak about the the pillars of actual like the content creation. So, are you out there working with an organization right now to help you with your digital marketing, or is this something that you're doing on your own? A lot of it is self taught. Right. Um, I do have an incredible designer yep. who created our website, who yep. who does some of our marketing material. Is that Randy? Um, Randy Patterson. No, Randy okay. is our other marketing help. She okay. she does work with me on a um, project basis and she's also yeah, yeah. incredible. Her and then uh, Kate. Kate is our designer and right. they have been both incredible. They fully understand the brand. So working with them is such a breeze, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you bring on your people and they don't fully understand it just yet, right? Yeah. So with them, it's like they can read my mind. Yeah, I tell them to do something and that's done. You're right? on the same they page. Totally get it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So so they've been integral to 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 success of Mood Milk to be quite mm-hmm. frank and they've been with us from the very beginning. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so they've been helping me with our organic marketing, email marketing, design. And then I do have a team for digital marketing as well. So at paid ads on mm-hmm. Facebook, Google, uh, we're also going to be probably moving into TikTok pretty soon. Yeah, that's cool. Are you at a point right now where you can sort of see the return on your investment? So, you know, $1 put in gives you X amount output. Are you sort of at that point where you can sort of start to figure out that ratio? 
Yes, however, uh, it's quite interesting because it's not always that stable, right? So yeah. it's hard to estimate. And there's so many things that happen even just this year with yep. the Apple updates and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it did uh, you know, affect our results in a way that we, where we had to pivot and where we had to think of new ways to bring in revenue instead of just relying, uh, well, not just relying, but relying heavily on ads, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it does, I feel like dig- digital marketing is something where you have to constantly be up to date mm-hmm. and constantly try new things in order to generate uh, those results. Yeah, it's such a specialized piece, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to the actual product itself. So are you still formulating it yourself or are you using a co-packer or how are you actually putting the product in the bag? Yeah, so, so far uh, we rent a commercial kitchen right. and uh, yeah, it's done by hand for now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hoping to move into a co-packer by 2022. So I think we're close to the finish line. That's exciting. (laughs) In terms of that, yeah, it's very, very exciting. You know, I was, I'm pretty blessed that we have a product that's a bit more luxury. And based on that, we can actually create a lot of product and sell a lot of it, right? Without Mm -hmm. having to create like, I don't know, like tens of thousands of of packaging, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so um, you've gone out there and you've started to qualify some uh, co-packers at the moment. What are some um, key areas that you're sort of looking at when you're qualifying right now for a Mm co-packer? So it's very important for us to find a co-packer who is allergen friendly. So we want to make sure that our product is manufactured in a place that doesn't have any allergens yeah. or as little as possible around because we have a consumer that is very aware of those things. Mm. And they, you know, in today's world, a lot of people do have allergies and intolerances to different things and they look for that on the package. Yeah. Um, we're also looking to get a co-packer who has their organic certification mm-hmm. just because it is a lot easier to obtain that through a manufacturer than through yourself right. um, as a small brand. So that's something that I'm hoping to get um, as soon as, as we get a co-packer. Mm. Uh, and I think that's also going to be greatly appreciated by our consumer. Not that we don't use organic ingredients. Everything we do is organic. But mm. having that stamp of approval, I think, is just going to uh, create a lot more trust in our brand. Yeah, for sure. One other thing that I noticed, so your the brand that you've actually built in the aesthetic of your brand, it looks really established and you can tell that you've put a lot of time and energy and effort into it. And the other thing that I really love about it is I get an understanding of who your target audience is just by looking at your website. Like I get it. And I think that a lot of people get it when they jump on your website as well. But one thing that I'd love to ask is how your brand has evolved. So where did it begin? What was your vision for the brand and the aesthetic and the feel and how has it landed to where it is today? And what do you sort of envisage for the future? Yeah. So I think from the very beginning, I've, I was very focused on brand. I wanted to create something very unique and special, Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been working really hard on that for the past year. And, you know, the first, I would say the, the first eight months, as much as I wanted that to be the priority wasn't because mm. I was thrown into the deep end and I had to really figure stuff out. And, yeah. and so that took a big, a bit of a, a, a back burner in a way, like we, we had to push it aside and just focus on operations and, yeah. and getting everything smoothed out. Uh, but in 2021, my whole goal was like, okay, like, we're at a place where now we can focus on building that brand, build the, building our identity and really um, 
really creating value for the consumer that we're trying to target. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we've been doing. So, you know, that goes from messaging to how we like how we talk to our consumer, to the products we're putting out, to the imagery and the photography and the videography that we create, uh, the content that we put out, you know, mm. educational or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we've also, you know, started to incorporate other things like uh, workshops for people who to really connect the mental health aspect and the wellness aspect to our brand, which is what we're trying to create. I want to create a platform where people can come and learn and find new ways to take care of themselves. Yeah, I did notice that. And I thought that was great as well, because you can see that you've put a lot of time and attention into your blog post too. So talk to us about the little community that you're starting to build and what your vision for that is as well. Mm-hmm. So my my whole goal is to create a safe space for women where they can come and learn more you know, on how to connect with themselves, because I find that I was there where you feel like you have to achieve so much. And so a lot of the times we put ourselves and our mental health and our wellness, you know, aside, yeah. we, we have to achieve. We're in that culture of hustle, uh, which is fine. Like, I am happy that, you know, we're here. We're all working for something bigger. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just so important for us to realize that our wellness and mental health are what is going to get us there as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to create a place where people can come and just learn, learn uh, with no expectations, no pressure, where they can find little ways that they can make time for themselves on a daily basis and mm-hmm. learn how that can benefit themselves, their community, their families, their careers. Yeah. Um, so, so far we've been inviting different practitioners to talk about what they do uh, to do like mini uh, workshops on what they do. So we had, you know, sound healing, we've had breath work, we had meditation classes. Uh, we had some someone come and talk about nutrition and the, the relationship to stress and anxiety. So just all a little bit of all over the, the map, but just mm. to allow people to see what's out there for yeah. them. Yeah, and maybe yeah. perhaps relate to something. Um, but we are also now looking at establishing uh, whether it's a weekly or biweekly meditation uh, that we're going to be doing with, with whoever wants to join us. Everything's going to be free. But again, just a way for us to, to give back. Yeah, that's so cool that you can sort of build something like that around the product that you've got. I mean, Mm -hmm. they work hand in hand together. Um, One of the things that sort of resonated for me was the fact that, you know, community is everything. And if you can sort of attract people that are not only into your product, but they're sort of into the lifestyle that you're sort of advocating for, it's only going to bring more and more positiveness into the world. And I guess... I I wanted to know whether that was a a core part of who you are, because you've obviously gone and you've done the nutritional part of, or the holistic nutrition um, part of your life. You've said that, you know, in the past, you felt as if you weren't necessarily connected to, you know, both the the physical and emotional aspect of your life. And this is a part of you to sort of the way that you're sort of bringing that forward. I know for me personally, like if I'm not in tune with myself, whether it's, you know, with a meditation practice or, you know, a physical activity, like a frequent exercise or something like that, I don't feel like myself and I'm definitely not at my best, you know, being a, a, you know, a father and a husband as well. Like it's not just about me. It's about the people that live around me as well. So, you know, the more positive that you can pump out into the world, the better. So is that sort of the approach that you're taking? It's sort of like this, this is, more than a product that I'm trying to build right now and sort of like do you think that that's sort of going to take on a life of its own separate to the product itself or do you sort of feel that they're gonna sort of grow in unison Mm, 
It's a really good question. You know, I've always wanted to have my own platform and to share um, what was on my heart yeah. and to, in some way, whether directly or indirectly, give back or create awareness around topics like mental health and, and wellness. And, um, and then when Moonmill came about, it just kind of naturally evolved into what I already had envisioned subconsciously, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and so the messaging that we bring forth is directly affiliated with what I've always imagined myself talking about. Right. Yeah. So I'm finding that now is actually where it's migrating. So mm. I, you know, in this year, I'm hoping to bring a lot more of myself into the brand and mm. share more about what I do and, and give back in that way as well. Mm. Um, and see what it evolves into, right? Like mm. I, I would love it to be more than just a product. I want it to be a brand. I want it to be a platform. Yeah. No, I, I, that resonates with me as well, because coming from the coffee world previous to the packaging, I was working in the coffee world for basically my whole life. And coffee is a really great vehicle. I know that you've sort of got a product that separates a coffee, but there's a lot of, you know, not only the daily ritual that you were sort of discussing, but coffee is a vehicle for conversation. You know, it's a vehicle for making good and it's a vehicle for making change in this world. And there are a lot of organizations out there that do some really great things. And I sort of see you sort of doing some similar things in that respect. Um, putting yourself out there is also a huge thing as well. So building a platform for yourself to actually have a voice and, uh, and have an opinion, I can imagine would be quite scary at times, because I know for me, that was probably the biggest hurdle for this podcast is me getting out of my own way. And I've spoken about this on a, a few different episodes in the past as well, but how have you sort of managed to get around if you've found this to be a factor and you may not have, but have you found that, you've had to sort of actively have conversations with yourself about getting out of your own way and putting the content out into the world, no matter what, and seeing what happens. I'm giggling a little bit at this just because of the synchronicity of it all. But um, basically, you know, I, I'm a, I used to be a very shy person. I never liked public speaking. And so you know, doing a product, I was like, yeah, I don't have to be the face of this. Yes. I, I can just create a product and it's just going to, I'm going to be behind the scenes. Um, and here we are. <laughs> and I, I'm just realizing now this month, particularly that I have to be the voice of the, of yeah. the brand, whether yeah. I want to or not. Yeah. And I can't be hiding forever. And, you know, I've asked the universe for growth. And now it's giving me what I want, but that requires for me to even talking to you, I was, you know, I don't always want to do that because somehow <laughs> yeah. as much as I love talking and sharing what I do, I yeah. still have that almost like self-conscious thing where I don't like to be seen. Right. Yeah. Me too. And, and it's, it's something that I have to work on and, and I've been hiding from it my whole life, but now I have no choice. Right. Because yep. I'm doing it for something bigger. And I have to just remind myself that it's okay, that it sucks, but it's going to get better. Right. And yeah, it's coming, it's kind of coming at me from all directions because, you know, I just got into an accelerator, so I'm going to have to pitch for the next five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then, which I was like avoiding with my whole life. Um, and then I also have to get on TikTok and be the face of that. And I also don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, I think 
that's where my biggest growth is going to happen as yeah. an individual and yep. for my brand. Yep. Um, it's sometimes the thing that we push back the most is exactly what we need in order to get to the next level. And I do truly think that it's going to happen very soon. Damn, there's some words of wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's really in that uncomfortable space where the most growth comes from. And I'm feeling it in life too. Like there are a few areas in my life where I'm like, feeling uncomfortable to step into that light and I know that that's where the growth is going to come in but it's actually making that leap that's um that's the hardest part I find so when you sort of had that realization it sounds like you're sort of having these moments you know right now it's like it's a very very um like you just said it's sort of it's it's sort of we're doing this at the moment right? It's, mm -hmm. um, how do you, like, what's the conversation that you have? Like, how do you actually step into that light? Like, what is it that you're actively telling yourself? Mm. Um, you know, starting a business was the biggest leap ever. And yeah. it kind of proved to myself that I can do something hard. Yeah. And the, the thing about business is not so much, you know, it's, it's finding that resilience to continue pushing yourself yeah. out of the comfort zone over and over and over and over again. So, I've had to do it so much over the past year that my dialogue I find in my head just changed. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, before it was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But now it's like, well, you know, I can see that I've done it before. So yeah. therefore I can do hard things. It's just about convincing myself to actually do it, to just yeah. take that leap. And so, you know, for me, it's become, it, it has been to become a lot more gentle with myself um, because I, I used to be a perfectionist and still kind of am, but working on it. Um, yeah. And just find a way to find confidence, to do it, to, to feel the fear, but do it anyway. Right. Yeah. Not allowed, not allowed to stop me. So yeah. that's what I'm working on lately. And um, that, you know, comes through just, any way of self-care for me. So whether it's journaling, meditating, any way I can connect to myself and to yep. my confidence, yep. that's how I move forward. Good for you. That's awesome advice. Who do you have in your corner? You said that your dad is a huge influence and mentor to you. Who else do you have in your corner? So I've been lucky enough to create a wonderful community here with other women in the food business. Um, it's quite a small little niche I didn't think that when I started I was like oh there's so many people out there but really like we pretty much know each other by first name yeah um here in Toronto so oh, it's and, pretty funny that way shout out to Sarah from Ogranola who also yeah. connected you and I as well she's uh, she's been so generous in connecting me with quite a few people at the moment yeah yeah Sarah shout out to you you are incredible <laughs> and an inspiration um so Sarah is one of them but uh yeah there's just so many incredible women that I can learn from and everyone has been so kind and so helpful and you know we just give each other resources we help each other out when we can and that has been such a big um inspiration for me just to see their growth yeah and also, you know, building a business can be quite lonely, especially as a solopreneur. So yeah. having that support from people who understand what you're going through versus just your family or friends or loved ones who, who mean well, but they don't fully get it sometimes, right? Yeah. Has been incredible. Um, I'm also lucky enough to be now part of the Futurepreneur program. So I am getting a mentor through them yeah. who has been in the food industry for a while and he's going to be coaching me for, for the next while. Um, and I'm really excited to learn from him as well. Yeah. Congratulations on that. It's, um, I had Mina Higigi from Futurepreneur on the show and uh, yeah, it sounds like an amazing program to be a part of. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, working with an organization like Futurepreneur, is that something that you always had on the agenda or is that something you came across and decided to engage with because you saw the opportunity that it would provide? Mm. Um, no, it's actually something recent. So at first I was self-funded and um, I had this mentality of just like, okay, I, I, I'm going to do it by myself, you know? And somehow yeah. over time I realized how, that needs to change <laughs> yeah. as soon as possible if I want to grow. Um, and yeah, I reached out to them. I, I found out that I still qualify, thankfully. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they've been really kind and, and really supportive in providing me with guidance and providing me with some funding to get to the next level. Yeah. And uh, again, the mentorship being the biggest advantage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What um, key part of the business is your mentor able to help you with? So uh, I was lucky enough to actually meet my mentor prior to uh, moving in with Futurepreneur. But so when I found out that he actually does mentor for them, I requested him specifically. Perfect. But he's been in the food industry for, I think, like 20 years. Oh, wow. And uh, he's actually a consultant for food businesses. So right. uh, I'm really hopeful that, you know, he helps me with the operations side of things and, yeah. and get every, everything uh, ready for scaling. Right. Um, and moving into hopefully the US market at some point. Okay. That's what was actually my next question. So what's on the horizon for <laughs> Mead Milk? So scaling growth um, and mm -hmm. the US market. So obviously you want to dominate Canada at the same time. So all mm -hmm. of that takes a significant amount of funding and, um, you know, yeah. strategic sort of focus. So what does scaling look like to you? Um, automation. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm really focused on this year is creating, whether I go with a co-packer right now or not, um, yep. I'm already building the contacts um, to have a co-packer, to have a fulfillment center, to have everything automated out of my hands. Yep. Uh, so that for me is one of the most important parts. And then of course, finding a Canadian distributor who aligns with my business is something that I'm also looking for. Yeah. So as much as I've been doing my own self-distribution right now, and that has been great, we're in over 30 stores, uh, nice. but I think we can have so much more of an impact mm -hmm. uh, on a larger scale, right? By, yeah. by partnering up with the distributor. So that's what it looks like for me, as well as, you know, online. So finding new sales channel, really improving our digital marketing, honing down on our efforts and seeing where we can get the best return and mm -hmm. the most exposure. Yeah, no, that's great. And um, so, you know, obviously that online model is going to be huge for, you know, the growth of the business as well. Uh, do you think that your current platform and um, actual website has the capacity to be able to scale and grow, or is it sort of a, a relaunch in, um, in that space going to be required at some point? Well, quite frankly, um, a website is always evolving. Yeah. So, so far we've redone it twice. We're about to redo it a third time. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, not fully, but you know, always tweaks. Yes. You, you think, you know, what's best for your consumer and then you don't have the data to back that up. So yeah. over yeah. time you have to modify things, improve things in order to improve the experience of yeah. your consumer. Yeah. So we're now, you know, going into a third, um, modification or reiteration, um, but I think it's going to be a constantly evolving thing as we grow, it's going to have to grow with us yeah. uh, to support the growth and support our consumers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you and I have covered a lot of ground and I think the most valuable part of this conversation was hearing you speak to the growth that you have had personally throughout this experience of, you know, growing mood milk 
And I'm really excited to watch you grow this business over time. And, you know, the, well, the great thing and the hard thing right now is, you know, we can watch a business grow online, you know, whether it's through all the social media handles and you get a really good sort of understanding of what's going on. But then at the same time, what I find is that everybody's putting their best foot forward, you know, with curating mm-hmm. all of the content out there. But, you know, the thing that I find really cool about Move Milk is the community that you're really pushing to build and the content that you're putting out there, because it's not just, it's not just any old content, it's really rich content. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really valuable out there. So hats off to you. You're an absolute inspiration. And a lot of the um, small business owners and entrepreneurs that I've had on this podcast have been inspirational. And if it's not inspirational for the listeners out there, it's definitely inspirational out there for me. And, um, you know, hats off to everybody that's putting themselves out there day in, day out, especially during the earliest stages of getting a business off the ground, because it is the hardest part, because you've got an idea, you're willing to invest in yourself, you're putting all of the time and energy that's required to actually turn it into an idea, into something tangible. And then you've got to sort of look forth into the future and sort of have a vision and try and like draw yourself towards that vision. There's so much involved and it's absolutely tiring. And uh, how do you sort of manage to, you know, keep your energy levels high? I know we've already talked about sort of the daily routines that you have right now of journaling and, um, you know, meditating and so on. But do you also have like a a physical activity, like a daily run or do you hit the gym or what are you doing there to energize yourself? Yeah, first of all, thank you again for the compliments. So it's very kind of you and I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a bit of everything. It's yeah. nutrition. It's how are yeah. you hydrating? Yeah. Are you eating foods that are good for you? Yeah. Are you, you know, moving your body? So for me, that could look like weightlifting. That could look like running. I just got back into running with my neighbor and it's been yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, so, so finding ways throughout your day to come back to yourself. Yeah. Um, to come back to your center just because a lot of times it's so volatile yeah being an entrepreneur is just up and down and up and down it's like a roller coaster of emotions and yep. you know for the first year that i was doing this i felt like a complete wreck like i mm-hmm. i you know as much as i was trying so so hard to make it work i i, I just wasn't taking enough care of myself so for, for me right yep. now it's establishing boundaries within my business where yep. i you know am forced to go and take time for myself where before I was just so focused on the business that I was forgetting about myself and it was so paradoxical to what I'm trying to teach right so I have to take my own advice and um and make it work for myself here so that I am also sane (laughs) through this whole process and you know you don't want to burn yourself out because if you burn yourself out as a sole entrepreneur who's going to lead your business right nobody nobody yeah yeah so exactly Yeah, getting those fundamentals locked down is just so important for everybody. You know, it's so important to sweat. You got to keep hydrated. Just like I know it sounds so so basic, right? So basic. However- like we all talk about it, but do you actually do it? And you know, they're the key ingredients to life. And you know, if you've got those on lockdown and you can actually stay stick to a regimented routine that you know, Jocko Willink on his podcast talks about discipline equals freedom. If you can stay disciplined in key criteria and areas of your life, it's going to create freedom for you. And I actually need to take that advice myself because lately I've been a little bit off track and I need to get back on track and I need to get back and have that daily sweat. I know it. 
And it's one thing to know it, and then it's another thing to do it, right? So yeah, hats off to you and all of the work that you're doing, Lisa. You're an absolute inspiration. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about the beautiful community that you're building or your product that is out on the uh, out in the world for everybody to try, what's the best way to, for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, I would recommend for them to check out our website, which yep. is mymoodmilk.com. Uh, our Instagram is very active, which is at mymoodmilk. I also have a personal Instagram, but unfortunately it's a little bit uh, dated. It's something I want to get back into <laughs> very soon and yep. commit to. So I can also uh, share some stuff there for maybe people who are looking to start a business or get yep. into wellness. Uh, but yeah, those are probably the two best places right now. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, I did want to speak to the promo code that you've been uh, extremely generous to provide all of our listeners today with, which is PACKHEAVY15. It's all in capitals, PACKHEAVY15, and that'll give you 15% off um, Lisa's product here. Um, there's four different SKUs to choose from. I'm sure there's a flavor for everybody to try. And I also saw there was a sample pack as well. Yeah definitely get on it a little it. bit of everything there yeah so you get to try all of them mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome well thank you very much for providing that to everybody and thank you very much for your time today i learned a lot personally and i know that everybody out there will have as well thank you so much for having me hayden i really You're welcome. like it cheers bye thanks for listening today if you have any questions from today's episode or would like to know more about what i can do to help you achieve your packaging vision you can reach me directly at hayden at the you could dm me on instagram at the or we could also connect on linkedin and start a conversation there i'll see you next week